you certainly need to consider this access for everybody on a brand new employee that you hired to be a driver and now you're going to have to do data. But the driver needs to look at the picture so they know who they're picking up. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll bring that up and let you look at it and then you can leave. Besides, that's the before picture. <laughs> look up this. Look. <laughs> they're coming in for a checkup. <laughs> You're listening to the Help Me With HIPAA podcast, where HIPAA and humor collide to make learning fun. Your delightful hosts are Donna Grindle and David Sims. Relax, HIPAA help is on the way. Welcome to the Help Me With HIPAA podcast. My name is David Sims with HIPAA for MSPs, and joining me is Donna Grindle of Card and Compliance. Boy, you're a little frisky today with that one. Well, you know, I had a vacation, so I'm good to go. (laughs) You were complaining about it the first day you got back. <laughs> well, yeah. Why don't everybody complain the first day they get back? It's like I can't believe I came back to this. Well, I mean, we talked about it before I left. That you know, every time you go on vacation as a business owner, you you doubled, if not quadrupled, quadrupled, drupled <laughs> <laughs> the amount of work that you walk back into. That's right. So as I was trying quadrupling it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I walked back into a mess. So it's uh, slowly but surely getting back under control. Maybe by the end of the week. <laughs> well, hey, that picture you sent me where one of your clients got hit by lightning, that didn't help. Yeah, I won't tell you the whole story uh, because <laughs> I'm under confidential information things. But, <laughs> uh, but um, a, yeah, a client calls this morning and uh, my stuff won't work. You know, which we love those because it's like, okay, can you be a little more specific? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it was lightning hit our building, blew a hole in it. Uh, I was like, okay, that's pretty specific. Um, <laughs> Literally, yeah. When you yeah. Say, and so here's all. Right. So I sent a tech up there and he sends me back a picture of it. And it looks like, you know, back to the future where the lightning bolt hit the clock itself. <laughs> 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 it like literally went through the building, uh, big, old, big old hole in the building. So. And I you're like, Mike, fly. I know. So, fortunately, it just made some things go wonky, but they actually didn't have any hardware failure. So, um, mm-hmm. that was good. And then yeah. the client talked to me later on the afternoon, and she says, now I understand why I should be doing all of these assessments about things that can go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and we need to have a conversation because I've been putting off some things long enough. This scared me oh. really bad because the building should have burnt down, and it didn't. Yeah, so, so tell you at least she's trying to you know take the good fortune and and appreciate it properly. Yeah, so so you know there we talk about it all the time and we'll talk about it today about the it won't happen to me syndrome and then yeah. when something like that happens you really have to go wow I dodged a bullet <laughs> I yeah. better be doing something because you know she actually told me I sit back today and wondered what would I do if I'd have walked in today and this building would have been burnt down and I realized. I got stuff I got to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they always say that uh, there was a quote I saw that, uh, a C- you know, somebody at a security thing said that the best way to get uh, people to listen to security, disaster recovery, business continuity, all of those things is to burn down the building across the street. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're not saying go do it, but you know. If the building across, it's something, and this is what they told me when I got into it, and all these people in healthcare, they said, when it happens in your backyard, it will change everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it is. It is because, you know, there's still areas where it just really hadn't happened close enough to them yet. 
but it will. Yep. And we'll be talking about uh, some people's backyard in just a minute, but I want to give you an mm-hmm. opportunity to tell us in what backyard you'll be in. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So I'm actually, you know, doing a little trip uh, to celebrate my nephew's graduation from high school. Congratulations, nice. Will, for being accepted at Georgia Tech. And uh, uh, okay. he's, yeah, he's <laughs> he's graduating in uh in uh Baldwinsville, New York. So I get a little bit of a you know, you're doing a family thing. It's not like vacation now, is it? <laughs> but I am happy to see him. So but as soon as I come back from that, I'm going to South Georgia to the Valdosta area and I'm gonna see some clients while I'm down there. So a little bit of running around in South Georgia, but South Georgia MGMA. I'm going to be talking with them, and uh, and then my uh, fun and exciting one in July, the Atlanta Association of Legal Administrators. Cool. Uh, I know. Then I get a break in August, and, and you know, there's some ones that we're still talking about doing, but I, I don't know. A break in August and September sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Because we got a lot of work to do. Uh, well, actually, then, actually, you don't have a break in, in August, September, because we're talking about HIPAA boot camp again. I know. Yeah. I did send you some dates. So we're looking at dates in August, September. But uh, right now, that uh, tw- 21st, 22nd, somewhere right in there of August. So if you got a, an opinion, feel free to let us know, because we're going <laughs> to decide soon. But yes, that is another reason not to take something in August. <laughs> But then Kennesaw North Metro MGMA in October and the Georgia Association of Orthopedic Executives in November down at Callaway Gardens. So that's what we have on deck right now. Plus at least one more boot camp because we're we're, we're feeling positive about the boot camp. Cool. And your unconvention. Uh, Yes. I will be speaking the unconvention in Washington, D.C. in September. Somewhere thereabouts. (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah, there you go. See how David is so organized. Yeah. Uh, so if you're an IT person, and uh, of course it won't, it's not a healthcare IT conference. It's a, um, t- a traditional IT. I guess maybe it's untraditional. <laughs> it's just unconventional. Yeah, yeah you're going to tell them everything there is to know about all kinds of compliance in 45 minutes, right? Yeah, they were like, when, we want you to speak on HIPAA. You have about 45 minutes. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay. Honey, tell us everything we need to know about HIPAA in 45 yeah. minutes. How, how, how are IT people supposed to address HIPAA? Go. <laughs> <laughs> say go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I got uh, it. it. It'll be easier to say what you're not supposed to do in 45 minutes. Well, the thing about it is, my understanding is, is it's not really one of those stand up in front of people and talk. It's more like, let's sit at a round table and talk a little bit and then answer a bunch of questions. So, oh. Uh, well, good luck on that one, David, because you're yeah. going to get a lot. That's what always happens. So, anyway, we'll see how that goes. So, uh, Speaking today, of questions. Yeah. T- <laughs> today, we're going all the way out to the Beverly Hills. <laughs> I know. Rodeo on, Drive. On ro- rodeo Drive. Rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> we're not talking in Texas or Montana. It's California. Yeah. So. Cali. In classic, it won't happen to me. It happened to them. <laughs> yeah. When I mean, that one came out, and I'm like, oh, it just, the more you read it, you're like, but, and then what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, you could almost make a movie out of this one. Um, yeah. It just, yeah. it's the classic person just goes wild and just everything goes south so quickly 
that yeah. your head spins. And so, tell us about it, Donna. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have our heads spin. <laughs> not, not in an exorcist sort of way, though. Oh, <laughs> no, no. And there we go. So, uh, this uh, hit the news uh, just on June 1st. A uh, big breach by Beverly Hills plastic surgeon. So that tells you. Sounds expensive. <laughs> big money and famous people. Mm-hmm. That's always fun because if you have a practice that's big money and famous people, you kind of need to worry about these things. Yeah, privacy is going to be a big deal. Yeah. Well, and yeah, when this comes out, it'll be interesting to see if anything happens. Uh, well, we'll see. But here's the story. You know, so many things about this. It goes back to that malicious insider uh, episode we did a, a while back that you don't know the people that work for you like you think you do. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I have worked with certain people for you know, 20 years. That's different than even two years. And um, so... We're going to discuss what happened, but then we're also going to talk about how HIPAA done properly should have prevented or at least mitigated the damage that was done here, okay? Sure. Let's do it. Yeah. It's a major one because we're involving 15,000 files, Mm. medical and personal information, including celebrity patients' records in the breach. Juicy, juicy. And pictures that they didn't even know were taken, <laughs> and before and afters. So there we go. We've set the stage. So here's the scenario. This is, uh, and I know I will not pronounce it properly, Dr. Zane Kadri's, Kadri's, Kadri's. On Rodeo Drive. On Rodeo <laughs> Drive in Beverly Hills. The poor office manager is being the spokesperson, talking to the press. You feel bad for her because, you know, they're they're just peppering her because this is a juicy story of celebrities involved. But they announced a breach that involved 15,000 files and some more stuff. <laughs> and so they hired a staffer in September of last year that, that was going to be a driver and a translator, not any kind of clinical or back office or anything. Just drop people around and do translation for patients as needed. Okay. Okay. And then... Apparently, I don't know whether they thought she was doing a good job at driving and translating or they were shorthanded and she was just there. Somebody said, here, start answering the phone. And while you're sitting at the computer, enter these things. Mm -hmm. So she started doing that. Well, also because she was a driver, I guess, they gave her a company phone to use for company business. Okay. And this is a policy. Apparently, this is a policy there that you can watch surgeries if you want to. Now, generally, I would expect people that are in clinical training <laughs> or something to want to watch the surgeries. So the driver is watching the surgeries. Uh-huh. Okay. But supposedly, you know, the patients have to agree to allow staff to watch the surgery. But I'm sure, you know, patients are kind of expecting the privacy thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, that NPP they signed and... All that kind of stuff. So they're sort of expecting it, and they're expecting that it's not the limo driver who's sitting out there <laughs> watching their surgery, I'm sure. So I don't I don't know uh, how that was presented, but apparently it was okay, and she watched them. 
So things began to fall apart, though, on March the 13th. Apparently at that time, as they say, information came to light. (laughs) And that's a very short period of time. We're talking, what, six, seven months? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So September 16th to March 13th. And that, you know, you got the holidays in there, all that kind of stuff. So (laughs) apparently what they caught her on was she was falsifying her time records, which mm-hmm. is also known as embezzling. <laughs> yeah. Although most people don't understand that when they're falsifying <laughs> time records. <laughs> You're stealing from me. And apparently she pitched a fit, you know, threw a hissy fit, and uh, she quit and walked out. And they asked her for her company phone back during the hissy fit, and she said she lost it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And they had uh, put out a restraining order on her. Wow. Because <laughs> things apparently were not going well. And she shows up causing trouble. And they had to call the police. They said, oh, Popo, come on down because she's trespassing and violating her restraining order. So the police are escorting her off the premises. And mm. it, that, apparently it had to have been... <laughs> A little bit of a scene because during the escorting off the premises, <laughs> the phone that she had supposedly lost, she dropped it. Oh, so she found it. Yeah, well, <laughs> she lost it right there in front of them again, you know. <laughs> so they snatched up the phone that belonged to them. And uh, so they're like, well, we got the phone back, but it has a key. You know, it's got a lock on it. But then it turns out, uh, she had an ex, and all they said was an ex, so we don't know anything, but people at the office knew her ex, so they were all up in each other's business uh, within that short amount of time. They called the ex, who said, oh, yeah, I know the code. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And they unlocked the phone, so everybody's happy, right? No. Oh, da, da, That's da. when it goes from bad to worse, because oh, then when they see on the phone, she's taking pictures and videos of patients and then mm. posted them on her social media. Uh-uh. And she had also taken pictures and videos of the doctor. <laughs> and apparently she was driving the doctor around. He's trying to sleep. So, you know, you don't know. when If you had somebody that was driving you and you got in a minute extra sleep, you'd take it, wouldn't you, David? Oh, yeah. So he's asleep in the car. And she's like taking pictures of him asleep in the car and then putting those filters where it's like a monkey head. <laughs> And (laughs) which I would have done to you, but it's different. (laughs) And I know you would have done it to me. That's very different, you know, putting that monkey and then posting it on Snapchat and making fun of her boss on Snapchat and sending it out to friends. And apparently, now this one I don't understand. She also sent those pictures to his colleagues. (laughs) <laughs> Which makes me wonder. So yeah. uh, nobody told him? <laughs> I know. That's why I'm like, wait, no one said anything? And who were his colleagues that were complicit in this? Or did she send it to colleagues and they just blew it off? You know, like, I don't even want to participate. I'm not telling him I saw it, <laughs> you know. But you still think they would tell him. But uh, she also took pictures of patients' ID cards their records, post-op reports, and, you know, those before and after photos that plastic surgeons do? Mm-hmm. Yep. She had pictures of those. Okay. She sent text messages to other people with passwords and credit card information oh, that she was getting in the office. 
And did I say celebrity patient records were breached? Because you just think it's bad. Then it gets worse. Yes, it gets worse. So that's what happened in March. And on May 1st, the office is burglarized. (gasps) Say it's not so. Wonder who could have done that. (laughs) Well, you know, you would think, especially when they came in, And the only things, every single, this is the quote, every bit of the medical records have been taken, including backup hard drives and iPads with patient information. So all the paper, all the digital copies, everything they used, gone. And I bet you they had no cloud backup. Uh, No disaster recovery plan. (laughs) Well, you know, that's what we're going to talk about when we go through the HIPAA (laughs) issues because they say, you know, well, first of all, they say, okay, Because of the way it was done, it had to be inside knowledge because they just went specifically to those things and got them. Mm -hmm. There are only five people that knew enough to do that. One was in Europe. That's confirmed. Mm -hmm. Two were at LAX waiting to be picked up. The fourth one was on the way to pick them up. (laughs) (laughs) So everybody's accounted for at that moment the break-in occurred. The fifth one... Uh, You know who it is. Mm -hmm. We all know who it is. The driver did it. (laughs) With the candlestick. (laughs) In the library. (laughs) So the other thing, and so that, I was like, you know, that makes sense, you know, that it it had to have been inside the way they did it. And then they add in there, the only other thing taken besides the medical records was some of her personal information that was still (laughs) in the office. She forgot her stuff. I know, she left some stuff there, which is what she was probably there to get when she dropped her phone. (laughs) So she breaks in to get her stuff and decides to get, I'm going to get all the patient records while I'm at it. So, I mean, like, script pads, which she could have made a goodle of money off of. Mm -hmm. No. Digital cameras. You know what kind of digital equipment they have in those offices? No. It wasn't about that. It was vindictive and, and targeting the uh, patient database of uh, this practice. It's not, so, it's not burglary if you're stealing your own stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You the cop. <laughs> I try that story. <laughs> it's like the guy that flipped his uh, riding lawnmower, mm-hmm. but it was out by the road. And, uh, and, and this true story, he flipped his riding lawnmower, <laughs> but it was out by the road. And he had been drinking beer, so he got a drunk driving Yep, DUI. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that happens in the South a lot. Yep. So the 15,000 cases that were in these records, 16 different states and five countries. <laughs> I know. So the office is, is as they said, they we're trying to notify all the patients, but... Because of the theft, they no longer have contact information for all of them. Mm. And they, the uh, office manager said that we spent the last weeks contacting all the patients that they could find info for, and their reactions ranging from general anger. <laughs> general anger. <laughs> Just, you know, general anger to some thinking, quote, if this info gets out into the public eye, it could be seriously damaging to them. Mm-hmm. Unquote. So you got to wonder what. Yeah. So that's the, the, you know, they're in a mess. <laughs> they're, they're in a big old mess. And so I went through and I said, okay, 
Let's look and see what HIPAA things <laughs> clearly weren't in place and should have been. Assuming this is a HIPAA-covered entity. Now, if they did no insurance and they took just self-pay, then they wouldn't be a HIPAA-covered entity. So there's a chance they're not. Mm-hmm. It's not a large one. Yep. I would say we got a good 70-80% chance they are. Right. <clears throat> so this could be one where OCR... That we just talked about that in the OCR breaches. Due to multiple media reports, they did initiate an investigation. <laughs> so we don't know whether they are a covered entity, but let, let's say that they're not, and they should have been doing HIPAA anyway. Mm-hmm. Best case, this is why even if you are not subject to HIPAA, it's a good idea to follow the standards if you have very private healthcare information. Mm-hmm. So. I made a list. David checked it twice. (laughs) And you were naughty. (laughs) (laughs) And you were not nice. (laughs) So, uh, these were the things that I came up with that should have been in place under HIPAA that would have at least made this not as bad. Right. So, the first thing that came to mind when I first started reading it, the poor office manager. (laughs) You know, she should be in dealing with patient issues, not talking to the press. Right. Number one, because they're clearly not a huge staff. They need everything they can get, all hands on deck, to account for 15,000 records. And number two, as big as this is, you know they're going to have to talk to the press a lot. Right. And if you are not trained to handle those things, you know, it's kind of like my accountant says, if you're audited... We don't need you going in because you might tell them the truth about something that they didn't ask you. <laughs> if they don't ask you, you don't tell them. So, you know, it's all about answering the questions and giving the exact information that should be released. And you can see that this lady is telling everything, which is great for us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> no, I don't know if it's so good for them from a PR standpoint, but it's great for us. You know, maybe they feel so violated, and clearly they do. They trusted her. Mm-hmm. You know, and they feel very violated, and I can understand it, which is another reason to have someone else addressing the press because their feelings aren't hurt. Mm-hmm. Well, you would probably want to give the anger of the general public and the people who are breached off of them onto her. And so the more you tell them, the more they're like, well, (laughs) we should be mad at this driver person. But (laughs) like you mean, you and I, we kind of go back, well, yeah, but there's a lot of things that you probably should have had in place to, you know, help mitigate this. So. Yeah. It's like your kid, you know, did graffiti all the way down the side of my house. I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) We're next door neighbors. (laughs) I would move. (laughs) (laughs) I would move. Yeah. But the whole issue there is there's clearly not an incident response plan because you could could see them figuring it out as they go. Mm -hmm. Just hearing the story, they're figuring it out as they go. So the whole point of an incident response plan is not to figure it out as you go. And that the minute you see that there's a big potential issue, you get all hands on deck, you pull in the right people, And you start addressing it, and you don't wait until it keeps getting worse. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. Number two, physical safeguards. I'm curious as to how they were able to break in so easily Mm -hmm. and take only the most important things. So if we have physical safeguards in place, 
And an employee who's been there, this is something we ask people a lot. And particularly in small practices, it's a really hard thing to figure out. But here's a scenario. And if you are in a business, you know, if you've got less than 100 employees, maybe even less than 50 employees, you can relate to this. You can hire somebody to work at the front desk. Their job is to come in, open up, let the early patients get in, sign in, check them in, answer the phone, all that kind of stuff. At the end of the day, they're one of the first ones to leave because they're the first ones in, right? right. So you can hire somebody for that. You check into them. You do the standard background check with the IDs they give you. Everything's fine. And then uh, you give them a key and they get a login because they need that, right? Mm-hmm. Two weeks, they're there. And over the weekend, the second weekend, that employee comes in with their key and their login, and it's a small office, so everybody has access to everything. And they bring in their friend, who is their cohort that knows computer stuff, who then downloads all this patient data, and they take a bit of computer equipment with them, leave, and you have the fake ID and you have no idea who this person was. Mm-hmm. And all your data's gone. But you and you handed it to them. So it, it's a similar scenario. They, you know, they, the staffer clearly had the way to get in, knew how to get in. All of those physical safeguards should have been tightened, changed, updated, something, because they knew she was a little loony. Yeah. You know, you had from March to May 1st. So physical safeguards, getting different locks on the doors, changing where you're storing stuff, adding in some locks that didn't used to be there. Those are all things that you need to do when you have an incident. You should be reviewing what's going on, and clearly it was an incident when she had a restraining order and was removed from the premises. (laughs) Okay, so not only the physical safeguards, but they could have also had some mobile device management stuff going on and mobile security policies. You know, mm-hmm. something that would have allowed them to, you know, control the activity of the applications or, um, you know, see what was going on on the phone, locate it. You know, she said it, it was lost. <laughs> I know, wouldn't it be great to turn on one of those little like, ping things yes, while she's talking yeah. to you? There it is right here. Uh, <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> yeah. You know, they could remotely wipe it or remotely lock it, you know, which... which yeah, in this case, it was good. Yeah, well, if they'd but have they done that, though, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have yeah. found everything, so I don't know. Well, but see, the whole idea here is that it, it's a company phone. Mm-hmm. If it's a company phone, we should have control oh, over yeah. it, not you. Absolutely. And I would have then had all kinds of limitations on the applications that could be used, I cut off all ability to do social media on it. And in in those kind of connectivity things, because if if the reason she had the phone uh, was to get, you know, calls where to need to go and then GPS, you can get rid of a lot of that other capability. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't even allow it to take pictures or anything. Mm-mm. You could lock that thing down. If it's a company phone, mm-mm. I'd give her a bag Shouldn't phone. <laughs> <laughs> Bag phone. <laughs> I remember taking my bag in places. So, <laughs> it's like, is that your bag phone or your pacemaker? <laughs> so, 
okay. And here we have David. (laughs) So we did talk about mobile device security a while back, and, and I've been working on an episode about mobile device management. But this is a clear case. Um, you know, it's hard when you do the bring your own device and it's their phone and you're wanting to control it. But when it's your phone, mm-hmm. you, there is no way that employee should have been able to do all that stuff with your phone. Correct. I know. You should. You, you wouldn't even let them take pictures. There would be no reason for pictures of vid, nothing. Mm-hmm. And certainly not Snapchat. I'd ha- I mean, I'd have been... You know, looking at how much data usage there would have been. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's so many ways that should have been uh, not even, and and really and truly, that is the core problem, is what she was able to do with the phone. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, if you're going to have company phones, go ahead right now, go collect every one of them, just get take it away, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, lock those things down, lock them down. If it's a company phone, lock it down. Yep. So, and then uh, I don't. I don't. I'm wondering about employee background checks. Surely they they did them. You I think? mean, this is Beverly Hills. I don't even know if they did training. I mean, you only had a few months, and I don't. Uh, I mean, they may have maybe done driver training, but then <laughs> 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 I don't. Well, know. Now, yeah, we can't we can't go too far because we don't know. But uh, <laughs> I, I I my guess is there really wasn't a lot of checks on this individual because that might have raised a red flag. Because if you look into somebody and. It, well, you know, I mean, you can find out now all kinds of things about people. Mm-hmm. And th- that alone could have been a a clear indicator on uh, what kind of references she could get. And then... <laughs> I'm sure just a social media check would have shown you she was cray-cray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or at least help you know whether you got the right name. But the other thing, I mean, if you're hiring somebody as a driver and then you give them access and you're not vetting them and you're not training them, I mean, there's no way that the driver, well, if she's translating, that's still part of HIPAA requirements. If she's translating for a patient, she's giving patient information and serving as that Mm go-between. So she should have had HIPAA training and privacy training and minimum uses and disclosures and all of that stuff. And there should be testing on did you really like you know i'm wondering if this uh driver (laughs) person driver translator reception (laughs) i don't know what all jobs uh even knows that she can go to prison for what she's done you know yeah like we're talking you know department of justice uh this we're not talking you know a little misdemeanor here so probably doesn't know Mm-hmm. You know, and the training, it was, it, it, they either never did it or they did that kind where it's 45 minutes video on this is what HIPAA is. And, you know, they don't, they're doing their nails or on Snapchat, <laughs> you know, or they just post you know, pictures of the click, doctor. Click. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. So, and then, so that's four. Yeah. That's four HIPAA things that should have been done. And and really, the one we just talked about, background checks, training, and all that, there's really more than four in there. <laughs> but the uh, limitations on uses of mobile devices in patient treatment areas. Yep. Um, this is something, I don't, you know, there's a lot of people that, that don't do that. 
You know, that they say, you know, just don't be on your phone, but they don't say your phone should be put away if you're in a treatment area, Mm -hmm. period. I I don't care what you're doing on it unless they've given them the company devices to use in some way treating the patients, doing their EHR, looking up drug interactions, you know, but that's going to be a clinical person, not a driver. (laughs) Might have have been a clinical person by the end. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, if it's somebody that's not clinical, they have absolutely no reason to have a phone with a camera and capabilities, you know, connectivity in patient treatment areas, at least in my opinion. Mm -hmm. That's all that matters. Hmm? Your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you told me today. I can't just tell the client because you said so. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, as you were telling me, just tell them I said so. Yes, I did. <laughs> you said that as I typed. Just say I said so. So that tells you how well we know each other. Um, but putting those limitations on mobile devices, I, I mean, I know I use my phone when I'm in those areas, but generally I'm checking I'm looking at the Wi-Fi signal. I'm doing, you know, I have specific reasons to have my phone out in those areas and other people not necessarily. Mm-hmm. So, and then this one is one of your favorites, though. Oh, yeah. Number six, <laughs> off-site backups. Um, I mean, it's obviously had, they had no backup at all. Not, I mean, I guess they had on-site backup because they were stolen. <laughs> yeah, they just took them. But, you know, and that goes to the heart of the, the argument people make about, you know, do I need offsite backups or should I trust the cloud? I'm like, okay, <laughs> should you trust the person that just broke in your office and stole your stuff? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, but it's like your client, the fire could have burned it down and that's your only backup. Yeah. You know, or, you know, the old school way is that we would uh, take it home with us. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you still have that. And I've told this story probably way back in the first 10 episodes, but, you know, I had, a, I had a client that asked me to come in and, you know, give me a price on doing backups. I've got Carbonite, but I just want to know what you'll charge. And come to find out, he had been paying for Carbonite for three years, and for three years, it's not been working. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it literally worked the first couple of weeks he had it, and then something happened and it quit working. And nobody looked at it since then until I came along and looked at it and was like, wait a minute. It says right here, last backup, 2012. Uh, Not good. Um, Three years. Yeah. So, you know, I I thought I was going to have to do CPR on the business owner. He about passed out on the floor, um, which, you know, me, CPR would probably have been stomping on his chest. and. Y'all right? Y'all right, get up. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, all that said, not only do you have to have backups and have them offsite, but you need to make sure they're working, they're actually backing up, and you need to make sure that you can recover from them. Yeah, yeah. So, there's clearly no serious backup policy in place. Right. And, and if that was a local backup. Yeah, that's number seven. If there was a local backup, then it should have been encrypted. <laughs> exactly, because then they wouldn't have to make any notifications about data that was on that drive. Right. Because it would be rendered unreadable and unusable. True that. Well, if it was encrypted properly. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me just say, you know, we have to meet the FIPS 140-2 <laughs> standard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if you remember, but my information was stolen along with a bunch of other people in this area uh, because hard drives were stolen out of a safe in the... Uh, one of the EMS stations, which I'm still wondering why. 
<laughs> but yeah, why were they there? Somebody took hard drives of patient information. Probably the time I got carted off to the hospital after a motorcycle wreck. <laughs> I was on there. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, it was like, yeah, there's pictures. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we've got seven now. Uh, now we got eight. If we had audited the access to the patient records, which you know they, uh, you know. We're assuming they have an EHR. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, this is just an assumption because, again, we don't know they're set up. We don't know that they're a covered entity. We don't know any of that. But even if they didn't have an EHR, but they still did, because uh, if they're a covered entity, they're billing insurance, which means you're going to do some of that on the computer. Mm-hmm. And if they had her doing an data entry, clearly they were entering stuff into the computer. <laughs> so <laughs> there were records kept on the computer, which should have had limited access to what she could get to, and it should have certainly been able to know if she was looking at stuff she shouldn't have. Yeah, but you know, you, you mentioned earlier this was a small office, or probably it was a small office. In most mm-hmm. of these small offices, everybody has access to everything. <laughs> well, yeah, that that is a big problem, but I don't, um, you know, in this case where you've got super sensitive stuff, mm-hmm. you certainly need to consider this access for everybody on a brand new employee that you hired to be a driver and now you're going to have to do data. But the driver needs to look at the picture so they know who they're picking up. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'll bring that up and let you look at it and then you can leave. Besides, that's the before picture. (laughs) Look at this. (laughs) They're coming in for a (laughs) checkup. But the next one, number nine, is one that I've had to talk to clients about before, which is the employee termination policy and procedure. Because I tell them, my clients, anytime you're going to terminate somebody and you know you're going to terminate somebody, I need to know before they do. (laughs) Yeah. So I can be prepared to turn off access to anything they have access to. Or like in this case where they just walked out, your first phone call probably should have been to me. (laughs) So I can turn everything off because it doesn't take a long conversation. It takes 30 seconds for you to say, uh, you know, crazy woman driver, just quit, uh, lock her out of everything. And that's all I need. Hang up. I'm done. I can start my processes at that point. <laughs> but Preach it, brother. <laughs> but, but this clearly didn't happen here. You know, she... No, no. <laughs> it couldn't have. Not, not the way that, you know, you have to have that ability to know exactly what needs to happen to make sure they can't get in. You've locked them out of everything and that you know to get their key back, mm-hmm. <laughs> to get change any kind of access codes on a security system. One would hope they had a security system. <laughs> you know, there's a long list of stuff. And what I don't care whether that is HIPAA or non-HIPAA. Every business should have that. Yep. Which rounds us off to the final number 10. Bum, but dum bum. <laughs> this is the one we scratch our head with. Which mm-hmm. is, you know, as a driver, why would she even have access to all that stuff anyway? I know. Uh, I, you know, there again, that we're kind of trying to fill in some blanks we don't really know about, but so a lot of this just, it just leaves you scratching your head. Well, it's that it's not going to happen to me. Or putting your foot in your head or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's the whole feeling of it's not going to happen to me. Yep. See, and I just need to send you to some of these places so that they grasp just how crazy things could get. (laughs) But our whole conversation that we just had about insiders and understanding that you don't know people. Mm -hmm. People are crazy. Yep. Especially if they get bored. (laughs) 
I know. And this whole social media thing, which we really even didn't talk about there, that's another thing, social media policies. But clearly it wouldn't have mattered here because there was not any training. Mm -hmm. But social media, what were you telling me about people asking, I need to be your friend on Facebook and have connections to you on social media and stuff? Yeah, I mean, I've heard some uh, clients or businesses, maybe not necessarily clients, but they have adopted the policy of, you know, if you're going to work here, then you're going to have to allow our, you know, office manager or HR person or somebody to have access to your social media in way of, you know, friending them or liking their page or whatever it is so that they can see what you're posting. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's probably a little kind of fine line between, you know, what's good and bad about that. <laughs> but, right. you know, you know, if I have a employee who gets mad and, and they decide to go tell their friends how much they don't like working for me that that's one thing but when they spew it out on social media i mean you're looking at the going from they you know 10 15 people know to thousands and thousands of people know and you know it could be shared out and all this other kind of stuff and it could just get crazy out of hand um oh yeah it could be one of those viral things and you don't have any control exactly so whether it's true or not becomes irrelevant then oh yeah it doesn't true who cares about truth (laughs) I know. It's on the internet. It must be true. Absolutely. Uh, It's on Facebook, you know. We're not talking about real life here. (laughs) (laughs) Facebook people. But uh, It's not reality. I mean, you know, the whole, I don't know. We could have a whole show on the social media thing just because it's it's so good. Yeah, we probably do for another visit from Janet Cannon. Yeah. But it's such a good thing and a good tool, especially for marketing and all that. But it's also such a (laughs) bad thing in, in how people can completely damage other people and businesses so quickly with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it, it's now used in such a vindictive way, as in this case. I mean, it was silly and childish monkey faces with the doctor <laughs> trying to humiliate the doctor. You couldn't find one of the pictures? Uh, I, you know, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not going to try. But, you know, another thing to mention, we did it earlier, really, but go back and talk about it, is that all this happened in a six-month time period, it, you know, God. You know, it's like in September, if we had done an episode in September and said, hey, you folks in Beverly Hills on Rodeo Drive, in May, we're going to be talking about you because boom. Yeah. (laughs) They would have been like, yes. Yeah, whatever. Well, I mean, I've had clients that have had to let go of people, even that's been there for 10 years, you know, and they're great friends with the practice manager, the doctor's wife or whatever. And when they're let go, um, they change, (laughs) you you know, it becomes personal and uh, the claws come out. So don't think because, you know, somebody has been an awesome employee and all that. And you decide that, Hey, we got to cut back staff or whatever the case might be. And you're going to turn them loose. Man, when people aren't getting that paycheck. <laughs> well, and you have like this where you have an employee that's been there for years and then after they're gone is when you learn they've been embezzling money. Mm-hmm. They've been doing, I mean, I'm well aware of multiple cases. Um, firsthand knowledge <laughs> yeah. of, you know, hey, I thought that was kind of squirrely, so I got out of that mess. And then, you know, a year later, there, there's their picture wearing orange, you know? <laughs> and you're like, I knew it. Yeah. So it, it, it is something, you know, there's there's a certain amount of trust that we all have to have. Yeah, trust but verify. <laughs> yeah. 
And, you know, you and I trust each other, but you know what? We have written documents between us. Mm -hmm. We have joint venture documents and all of these things so that we don't have to have all that crap. But it's time for me to update one because we've made money. (laughs) (laughs) I was nice to you. We have documents so we don't forget what we said. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. But this is just another example of of don't forget it can happen to you. Mm-hmm. Insiders are a it it actually insiders are your number one problem because they'll let the bad guys in accidentally, not on purpose, or they're going to do malicious things, or they're not going to be able to control their snooping. Yep. So your insiders are the biggest part of your problem, and you've got to have things in place to deal with it. And then most importantly is if you are ignoring HIPAA. And something like this happens. Here's a list that we did just by reading the story. We know this many things, this many things, these things. We know a lot of things (laughs) (laughs) that clearly are at best questionable on whether or not they occurred. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine if I go in and ask for documentation on all of these things as OCR will do uh, when they investigate this case. So all it takes is one big one. Yep. And it don't matter how small you are. It's your, it's the people, people. Yep. That's all I have to say about that. We're seeing probably this year more reports and breaches coming out from insider stuff than we are <laughs> from the hacking and all the other things. I mean. Yeah, the hacking stuff makes the news because it's always just like a big chunk and it's this scary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the insiders, I mean, it's like every day a new insider breach is coming out. Yeah. And, and like you said, this is a small practice, and you know it should hit home for for a lot of people that are listening. You know, this is uh, this is in your <laughs> your sector size. Yeah. You know. Oh, I sent this to some small practices right away. And this, like, here you go. And this probably <laughs> wouldn't even have got any media if it wasn't for the fact that it was Rodeo Drive, Beverly Hills, and celebrities. I don't know, fifteen thousand records. Mm, yeah, because they, you know, they got to make the announcement within sixty days. So, 15,000 records and a lot of notifications going on. They're going to have to get it out there. It, it would have, with that many records, uh, made the news. So, we'll have to see if it shows up anywhere so that we know our, they were actually a covered entity or not. I know. I haven't been able to figure that part out. Yep. I want to call them up and ask them, but I think they're busy. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're done. They can't find anything else. <laughs> we can, uh, you know, they can listen to podcasts then. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, regardless. <laughs> yeah, just skip this one. <laughs> All right, folks, that's our show for today. We thank you for listening, and we hope that you will go over to our website, helpmewithhippa.com. You can ask a question right there on the site, and we might even answer it. Who knows? <laughs> and please use social media and do some reviews. We're short on reviews. We haven't had any in a while. Yep. So it's funny because people will email us the review. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get these great. We do. Emails. We get them like weekly. Every yeah. week that goes by, no lie, we get it. We get a awesome review from somebody on email. We're like, uh, we love it. We do, but nobody else can read it. We appreciate that, but we can't go out and post them ourselves. It kind of seems wrong. <laughs> so Donna reviewed our show fifteen times. <laughs> <laughs> I promise somebody sent me. <laughs> so yeah, do you know? Go to iTunes. Uh, Social media, I think what uh, Facebook you can do reviews now, Google reviews. We'll take them all. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Stitcher, iTunes, 
you know, just post something nice on our Facebook page. Yeah, really. I mean, you know, we'll give you your money back. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? You can get a picture of David and add the monkey face thing to it. <laughs> For a donation so you of how take much? take that one of us and we'll both get there it. You know, right? Let's start doing the donation things. For a donation of $20, <laughs> you'll get a picture. <laughs> donation of $50, you'll get a t-shirt. There you go. All right, guys. All right. So anyway, that's our show for today. And uh, remember, HIPAA is not about compliance. It's about patient care. You've been listening to the Help Me With HIPAA podcast, hosted by Donna Grendel and David Sims. The show created to help you with HIPAA. For more information or to ask us a question, visit our website at helpmewithhipaa.com. Neither Donna Grendel or David Sims are attorneys, and they do not offer binding legal advice concerning regulatory compliance. The information in this podcast should not be relied upon or construed as legal advice in any way. Consult your attorney for legal advice concerning compliance with HIPAA regulations.